Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. I want to welcome uh, all our viewers from um, all over Tijuana, our campuses, our Wasco, Delano, all over, the, all over this nation that are watching us this morning. It's an honor that you're here with us or watching us. We, we love you. We're here for you. We're in a series called Un- Un- Uncommon, and um, we're so glad you're here. You know, we, we, we believe God will speak to you. So if you, could, if you could take out your notes this morning, as you came in, you, you, uh, they gave you some notes. God will speak to you. If you could write it down, Romans 12, 2, our theme verse for this for this series says, uh, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Paul says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You, you know, the world has it all wrong with relationships. The, 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 the only way we go from common to uncommon is when we let God change us. And it only happens if we let him. Maybe you've, been try, you've tried to change your relationships and all this time, God is telling you this morning, I've been trying to change you. When you've been so busy trying to change her or him or they, and you've been trying so hard to change them when I've been trying to transform you, and it starts in your thinking. Verse 2, he finishes up. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So, so today we want to talk about conflict. This is an issue that all of us wrestle with, that all of us struggle. And I have a question. I have a question. What, what makes you explode? I want in 30 seconds, tell the next person what makes you explode. In 30 seconds, be honest. Maybe it's your husband or your wife next to you. What makes you explode? Be honest, be honest this morning. My wife exploded a week ago. She told me you left the toilet seat up and you didn't flush the toilet. And I thought in my mind, though, I, I've done that once in my lifetime, and she's exploding at me. Crazy. We, a conflict is unavoidable. Conflict is unavoidable. All of us go through conflict. It's unavoidable. But let me tell you something. Conflict, even though if it's unavoidable, but, but if there's an area that we need to let God change us first, it's in conflict. I want to talk about the causes and the responses of conflict. Write them down. They're in your notes. Write them down real quickly. Four causes of conflict. And there's no, no, there's no surprise here. The first one is poor communication. Man, we, we struggle as men to communicate. We just struggle. Sometimes we don't even want to talk. We're mad at the world. We're mad at our job. We're just mad at our team lost or whatever. Raiders. How many Raider fans do we have here? Oh, yeah. I'm a 49er fan, so whatever. It's those little itsy-bitsy things that cause conflicts in our lives. Our men, we can protect our families. We can, we, we can do great things. We can move mountains. But the little ant crossing the street is the one that's destroying us. Those little itty-bitty things, small things that cause conflict. And it becomes worse by the words that come out of our mouth, our sarcasm, our smart remarks, our negativity. Uh, the, 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 it starts fires, a verbal abuse. A husband told his wife, I can't believe you can be so beautiful and so dumb at the same time. And she says, well, honey, let me explain something to you, she replied. God made me beautiful that you would be attracted to me. 
but God made me dumb so I would marry you, Joker. <laughs> this is one of our prayers this morning. Psalms 141, look what the psalmist says, 141.3 says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That means that there's hinges there. There's a door right there in your mouth. You, you, you can either close it, you could open it. You control the door. Every conflict starts with you. It's not a problem. It starts with me, what comes out of my mouth. If you don't make it a problem, it's not a problem. But I have to go to God first to deal with, with he needs to deal with me first. He, God put a guard over my mouth. We will come back to this a little bit later in the message. But number two, write this down, unfulfilled expectations. I had expectations of my wife, of my kids, of my job, of my finances. Man, man how many of you have, have ever said, man, you work hard, you, you bring in the money, the deposited in your account, your wife has it, all of a sudden, your wife at the end of the month says, we ain't got no money. And you say, man, what happened to all the money? I'm, I'm working hard. You had expectations for that money, and it gets you upset. Let me tell you something, that unfulfilled expectations, it destroys us. You had expectations of something bigger. It didn't happen. I wanted something. I didn't get it. I explode. Everyone say, there's conflict in me. Everyone say, there's conflict in me. There's conflict in me. I, I get hangry. I'm hangry right now. It's tw almost 12. Look what James says, the half-brother of Jesus. James 4, 1 and 2. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire that battles within you? You want something, but you didn't get it. Did you ever want something and you didn't get it and you were so mad at the world? It didn't come out your way. We have uncontrollable desires. We have passions. Our passion becomes lust. Our hunger becomes gluttony. Rest becomes lazy. Passion becomes rage. Relationships become rivalry between brothers. We are the, we are the problem. But we, we have conflict within ourselves and we didn't get it. So here's our response, James 4, 2. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight and you backbite and you do not have because you do not ask God. So the reason why our expectations are so high is that we're expecting that people would give us what only God can give us. Man, some of you are in fights right now with people that are not believers and they're acting the way they, they should act, but you're not acting the way you should act. If you're a Christian and a blood-bought Christian and a blood, God paid for your sins and you're a believer and you've been coming to church, I understand why they're acting that way. But why are you acting that way? Because there can't be two dummies in every fight. Yes. You need to ask God, God, deal with me. You're living inside of my heart. Don't ever forget that he lives inside of your heart. Yes. And he wants whatever comes out of your mouth to be led by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Yes. That's what he wants. Unfulfilled expectations, we struggle with that. Write this down, number three, despising differences. We are all different. Man, it takes us a long time to understand that. There's a lot of husbands, a lot of wives that want to change their wives and their husbands into what they are. And then when they get divorced, there's unconcilable differences. Oh, we're not the same. We're not compatible. You're not supposed to be compatible. You're supposed to be different. And when you're different, you need to respect the different. And when you respect the different, people grow and people thrive when you respect that. Different, difference, differences, we are different. Many couples can't get over this. She, you save, she spends. 
You're hot, she's cold. You spank, she gives grace. Me and my wife, we are so opposite. So opposite. She's the oldest of the family and I'm the baby. How many babies do we have this morning? How many babies of the family? We got a lot of babies. A lot of babies here. Man, she wants to control my life. I tell her every month, you're not the boss of me. I tell her every month, you made me look like a fool. We're opposites. We've had to learn how to deal with the opposite. You have to appreciate her and her talents, and you have to appreciate his talents and work as a team. The team cannot have the same players in the same positions. You gotta understand that. You need her talents. You need, I believe that women are like incubators. Whatever you give them, they're gonna, they're gonna give it back to you blessed. You give them a thought, the next day they give you an idea you never thought you heard. Let me tell you something, women are that way. They're blessed. But men, we think with the logic, we wanna solve things right now. I wanna solve it right now. Give me that problem, baby, I'll solve it right now. That's how we work, we're different. But we cannot let our differences separate us. Look what Mark 3.25 says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Maybe your house is divided right now and you're having a terrible time and you don't know what to do. Value your wife. Value her different, use her differently. Bless your family with your wife's talents. If your wife is good with numbers, give her the bills. I know some of you have given all the money to your wife and she spent all of it at Walmart, I know that. (laughs) But she ain't always gonna be that way. You gotta trust her, you gotta bring it in. This is a spiritual problem. Value your wife and her problem. You use your difference to bless your family. If, if I have conflict, I will, I, will, I will let God do something inside of me first before I expect the other person to change. All of us have, uh, write this down, number four, we have a sin nature. We have a sin nature. We're struggling with our sin nature. All of us do. That's not a cop out. That's not an excuse. That's reality. That's reality. But you can't use this to, to, to hurt people. We all, we all have the sickness of sin. That's why we need Jesus in our lives. We are, what, we, what are we thinking when we expect people to do what we, only God can do to us? All of us lose it at any moment. For any reason, we are harder on other people than we are with ourselves. So our sin is God knows me and he forgives me, but the other person, oh man, he's got to go to hell. Oh man, God, have you ever met somebody that's harder on other people than they are with themselves? Maybe that's you. You never know. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I don't expect you to always get it right. I need the same grace that I give you. So are we understanding conflict? It's not them, it's me. So stop trying to change the situation. It it, it, it will not change until you change. So we have these crazy ideas of handling conflict. I wanna give you four crazy ideas of of handling conflict. Uh, um, The first one is my way. My way, yeah. have you heard of my way or the highway? There's a lot of us sitting here that say my way or the highway. I, 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 I tell my kids, hey, always have a plan A, plan B, plan, plan C, and no, dad, it's always plan A. No, 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 you, you gotta have some plans because sometimes your plan doesn't work. And sometimes our, we think our plan is working and we do it our way and we, mess, we make a mess of things. Maybe there's some people that have made a mess of things in their conflict and, and you got issues right now and you don't know how to get out and your mouth has gotten you in trouble and you've dug a hole. You know what they say once? If you're in a hole, stop digging. If you're in a hole, stop digging. Maybe you're in a hole right now and you don't know how to get out. 
And you, you don't even know, you, let me tell you something. Machismo is hereditary. Humility is not hereditary. But if you're in a hole right now, the only way you can crawl out of that hole is get some help. Call somebody to help you that have been in a hole before. And they'll help you so your way doesn't work. It's always, I want to do things. I want to do it my way. The second way is, is your way. It's the other person's way. You, you just want peace in the situation. You don't want any problems. You feel, but, but you feel miserable at the same time because you're not getting to the truth of it. And you're 50-50. The, the third way is halfway. I'm meeting you halfway. That doesn't work either. Halfway. Let's, uh, you get these kids half the time in, my, in our divorce, and I'll get the kids 50% of that time. That doesn't work. It isn't working. Now I'm just 50% uh, 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 of the time upset. So we're looking for justice, and we, want, we can't find it. Then we have, if you come every week in the Lifehouse, and you hear God's word, number four, write it down. You have God's way. You have God's way. Totally different from my way, our way, and their way. Totally different. You, you will hear the opposite of the world's way here at Lifehouse. Totally the opposite. Totally the opposite. Why? Because it's an uncommon way. God's way is uncommon. You, you, it's very uncommon. Totally the opposite of the, what the world is teaching you. First go to him and let him deal with me first instead of me going to that person. This is why this has always been the best way. Why? Because all of us are so far from God. And we think that we coming to church on a Sunday for one hour is going to do the trick. And I feel closer to God. Doesn't do the trick. If you don't have an encounter with God every day, you're going to die spiritually. Amen. You need to encounter God every day. Amen. But I already went to church, Pastor. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're going to heaven, Joker. It don't mean that. It doesn't mean that. You gotta, God, you gotta take God out of these four walls and take him to wherever you go. I'm gonna be the same person in church, in public, and in my house. I'll be the same person. Yes. I don't wanna be a fake old. Yes. I wanna be the same man. And all of us are struggling with that. We're struggling with that. We, we, we don't get it right. So we struggle. Let me tell you something, constantly check our hearts. We have to constantly take inventory. If you get close to God, nine times out of 10 in your conflict, uh, that'll help you to avoid conflict. Closeness to God will solve your conflict. God starts with you. And then there's a verse in Ecclesiastics. King Solomon writes this down. And he, he wrote a lot of wise things. He was the world's wisest man. He wrote these words in, in Ecclesiastics 3.1. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the, under the heavens. Time to die, time to laugh, time to be born. He, he goes down the list, but verse five, he says, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. There's a time to scatter storms, scatter storms, st stones, I'm gonna throw this stone. Conflict, I'm gonna throw it at you. Conflict, I'm gonna say something. Conflict, I'm gonna hurt you. Conflict, I'm gonna bring up the past. Conflict, I'm gonna belittle you. Conflict, but, and there's a time to gather those stones. The one you're gonna throw, you're gonna gather them. Time to, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them. What does this mean? That there's always a choice how you can respond to something. God says that in every temptation, there's a way out. Amen. You always have a choice on how you're going to respond. You can take the stone. You can hit somebody upside the head up to Cabeza. And that stone, it can become a weapon. Cain killed Abel with the stone. Or you, you can gather those stones and create an altar and let God change you first. Where does this mentality come from? It comes from an Old Testament story of Jacob. Jacob fell in love with Rachel. And he goes to her father, Laban, and he says, hey, I, I want to marry your daughter. And, and her father-in-law did something crazy. He says, why don't you work seven years for her? 
So he worked seven years for Rachel. Well, that night, uh, uh, that night, uh, uh, Laban gave him the sister, the older sister, Leah. So Leah slept with Jacob. Jacob woke in the, he woke up in the morning with the wrong wife. How would you like that? So he says, hey, Laban, what's up, dude? He says, you know what, work, work, work some more years for my daughter. Totally, he, worked, he gave her, Rachel eventually, he gave her. But he worked, he worked 20 years for her. So Jacob gets tired of his father-in-law and all the tricks he's playing on him. He gets tired of him. So he, he, gets, he gets Rachel, his wife Leah, and all his cows, and he says, I'm out of here. I don't want to be with this guy no more. So he's on his way to another, 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 another so other territory. All of a sudden, Laban finds out that he left, and Laban goes after him. And as he's going after him, he wants to kill him. And Jacob knew there was going to be a fight. There was conflict. So he's running for his life. So that's where Genesis uh, 36, 46 says, he said, he said to his relatives, gather some stones, Jacob tells them. So they took stones and piled them up in a heap and they ate there by the heap. Let me tell you something. We are mad. There's conflict. We get hurt. There's conflict. These rocks are going to fly. Jacob says, you know what? Instead of, instead of having a big old battle and throwing these rocks, we're going to make an altar. Instead of fight, we're going to build an altar with it. And I'm going to ask the Lord to change me first. Amen. I'm going to ask God to change me first. I'm not going to go to that person. Change me. God heal me first. So they piled up the stones and made an altar. And every time you come to God first, before you go to that person of conflict, he deals with you first. So if you do this, the healing of the conflict is you don't have to have the other person there for your heart to heal. Why? Because you went to God first. Look at me this morning. Look at me this morning. Some of you are trapped this morning. You're trapped in your conflict and you don't want to talk about it and you don't know how to deal with it. You don't have the craziest idea how to get out of your conflict. And you made up in your mind, I'm going to be mad at him or her. And if they do this, then I'll heal. If she does this, I'll, if he does this, I'll, that ain't never gonna happen. Cause you've just given that person full control of your joy and of your day, and you have no peace right now. And that person, you're, you're, you're replaying that event in your mind over and over again and contrapping ideas and conflict in your head of what your comeback going to be and you're trying to justify this and you're thinking about it and it's going on in your head and you're going crazy. And your conflict is dominating you and you're in that hole because you said words. This morning God wants to heal you and he's telling you you can't stay there. You can't stay there. You got to get out. You're trapped, you made up in your mind. You're giving that person the right to control your peace and happiness. I wanna give you an idea this morning, write it down. Conflict cannot continue without my participation. Conflict cannot continue without my participation. I'm not gonna participate. This heals, your, this heals you right now. You decide, I take the power back. I don't have to wait on you to decide. I've decided this morning that conflict needs two people. If I don't play, it's over. I'm letting God do a work inside of me first. I'm going to throw the first punch with conflict. Change me, God. Yes. That's the first punch I'm throwing. Change me, God. Yes. Instead of changing that person, change me. Deal with me first, Lord. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, that isn't going to work, Pastor. I have a question for you. Can you let God transform you? 
because you're going crazy with the conflict you're living right now and you don't know how to get out and, and some of you are sitting here and you don't even care, but it's, it's driving you crazy. Can you, can, you, can you ask God to change you first? Understand God is not on your side. God is not on your side. He's on everybody's side. When you're thinking that that guy or that woman or this person, that family member at the job, or, he, they're, they're really my, they're not your enemy. They're not your enemy. He is working in every one of us individually. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but conflict lives in me. I no longer live, but who lives in me? Christ lives in me. We got to get the conflict. I got to find the enemy that lives in me. Christ, I, I kill my desires every day. I kill my expectations every day. I, 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 I kill my ideas, my rights, my justice. A dead person can't get mad. I, won't, I, I went and prayed for a demon-possessed girl the other day. Let me tell you something. As soon as I walked in there, she says, George, I'm going to kill you. I says, you can't kill me because I died when I accepted Jesus. Amen. You can't kill me because I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. I'm going to let him do the work in me. Let Christ live in the inside of you. Now you have the power to, of the resurrected Christ living inside of you. And, 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 and you, you don't play that game of conflict no more. So I hope there's, I hope there's reconciliation with you in the situation. I hope there's reconciliation. I'm going to ask those three men to come up. Hey, hey guys, can you come up here? Three men. Three, give them, these three men a hand. Yes, we, 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 have some, we have some cardboards there. If you guys can bring them up. Bring them up, guys. It's okay, you're a Chicago Bulls fan. We know, we know who the GOAT is. We know who the GOAT is. It's, Le, it's LeBron. We know that. Okay, conflict in the middle. God over here. God over here. Where's God? Right here. God. God. You can you roll a bit. So the world's way of conflict is, is we, we go to that person first. When this person did this, this person could be my wife, my husband. It could be our children. It could be our grandchildren. It could be somebody at our job. We, we go to them first. We send the text first. We give them a piece. That, that's very common. Every one of us do that. We, we react. We go to them first and we tell them, hey, hey you, met, you did this. You did that. Don't be talking about me. If you don't know anything about my life, don't be talking about my life. Don't be saying this or that or this or that. We go to them first. That's very common. We say words to them, we probably cuss at them, we get mad at them, we talk about them, we, 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 all, we mention it on Facebook, get out of my life, and we create conflict. Now the uncommon way, and God is speaking to you this morning, he says, go to me first. Don't say a word to them. Don't say a word today. He says, come to me first, and let me work inside of your heart first. Because if I could work inside of your heart, I'm going to give you wisdom, knowledge. I'm going to give you a word that maybe you didn't even know. I'm going to give you patience. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you mercy. I'm going to give you all of that, but you got to come to me first. When you come to me first, when you come to me first, I'll do a work inside of you so deep that they won't be a problem anymore. See, they have no power. The only power they have is the power I give them. Don't give them any power. 
Do it God's way. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap this morning. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God wants to hear, God changed me first. So what do we do? I, I want to give you real quick four common responses, uncommon. They're, these are uncommon, and they're totally opposite from the common, totally against the world. Number one, write it down. I will act, not react. And usually when somebody says something against us, we, we want to defend ourselves. Yeah. You said that against Man, we got some girl. I, I was at a restaurant there in the valley one day, and I was waiting for a table, and I was just minding my own business. And the, I know the waiter, he comes to our church, and all of a sudden, the, the, these two guys, they start throwing blows right in front of me. And I'm, they're like five feet away, and they're, throw, they're going at it, and I'm watching it. And I, I didn't want to get into it because I'm 60 years old. They're going to knock me out. Who wants a midlife crisis pastor in the middle of a fight? But, so all of a sudden, the guy gets up from the table, and he kicks him in the face and knocks him out. And when he did that, I said, I'm out of here. So I got out of there. I got out of there. This conflict, that we react. I'm not waiting for conflict to come out of nowhere and destroy me. I'm applying this word this morning in my life. I'm deciding right now, every married couple, look, look at me tonight. Look at me this morning. Look at me. This is your pre-fight, pre-fight. This is your pre-fight plan this morning. Before I fight with my wife, this is, uh, before it happens, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to act. I'm not going to react. Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, do not sin. He says, you can have anger, but do not sin. He says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. How many of you have slept in separate rooms because you're mad at each other? We're going to see who's, gonna, who's got the silent treatment. Me and my wife did that. So little games people play. We did that. I mean, we're in bed. I'm, I'm in the far side. She's on that side. And as soon as we touch, don't touch me. <laughs> we play those games. Every time you get mad and you don't ask for forgiveness and the sun goes down, the, the, the conflict becomes bigger. What, what should have lasted right away, you should have gone to God. You went, you went to they, you went to her, and you, and you gave her a piece of your mind, and it became bigger two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And now by, somebody invited me to church this morning, and they said somebody handsome, tall, dark, and handsome was going to preach, and they had food after service, and that's why you came. I'm not the tall, dark, and handsome guy, by the way. I'm not. I'm an ugly mud sucker, but I'm here. So maybe you're in a two- or three-week fight, and your wife says, let's go to church and try God. You Let me tell you something, baby. You don't try God. God let you be here this morning. He gave you life this morning and you showed up. He gives you life. He brought you. He swayed your heart to come to church and listen to these words this morning. Number two, write this down. I will focus on the good things in you. I'm going to focus on the good things. If you can't focus on the good things of somebody, of your wife or your husband or your kids, then there's, there's something in you, in your heart that's rotten. Because I can't see nothing good in you. You've hurt me so much. You've abused me verbally so much. I've taken so much from you. I snap every time somebody mentions something. I snap every time, every time a memory comes. I snap. Why? Why? Because you've been hurt so bad. You can't find nothing good. Every day you have a decision to make. Will you focus on the negative or will you see the positive? Philippians 4.8, I love this verse because it's my favorite word. When I don't have nothing else to say, I say whatever. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. This is my favorite word. Find truth, find pure, find nobility, lovable, admirable. It helps you start your day with an altar. Do a work in me, Lord, instead of throwing stones. Lord, before I walk out of my house, I'm making a choice to act not react, to focus on the good. Our marriages need this. Our children need this. Our world needs this. And the third thing, and I'm going, I'm going to do it at the altar. Number three, I will apply grace, God's grace to you. This is the hardest part. You can't apply God's grace if you don't know what it is. You can't give what you don't got. Maybe you were raised in a home that was so much violence. Maybe you were raised with a father that was an alcoholic or a drug addict, or maybe you were even raised with a father. Maybe you were raised with a mother who did her best job and she tried to raise you, but you got an anger inside of you and you go off at any minute and you're, and you're mad and you're upset and you're struggling. I will apply God's grace to you. All of us want this for you. Forgive and forget. All of us need it. Hey, when you hurt people, I want to forgive and forget. But when somebody hurts you, man, you don't forget anything. You don't forget anything. Let me tell you something, when we get to give it to someone else, you become a judge. God, he's going to pay for this. I want him to be punished. I want a punisher. I want blood. I want justice. He deserves the worst, God. We want a lot of grace, but we, we, we give very little. So we turn it into revenge. The Bible says in Romans 12, 19, don't take revenge. Do not take revenge. My dear friend, but love, leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. 20 says, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. I'm going to be good to you. Why? Because I'm securing myself. I got Jesus living right here. I know who I am. I know what Jesus has done to me. And, and I do no good in trying to hurt you. I do no good in trying to hurt you. I am better than that. I'm better than that. I'm not going to stoop that low. I, if, if, if you build an altar every day, instead of throwing rocks, use them for yourself. Build an altar. Pastor, I don't think I can do that. You're probably right unless you do number four. Write it down. I will remember God's grace to me. I will remember God's grace to me. Man, remember what God has done to you. Every time you do this, power comes over your life. God's offering a transformation this morning. When I remember everything he has done for me, ah, now I have the capacity to do it for others. Now I have the capacity. First John 4, 8 says a person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that, that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away for our sins and the damage they've done to our relationships. My dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. Talk about deep love. God loved us so much. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, it was been, it's been about 15, 20 years, I, I used to own a landscape business, and every three years, well, I buy all kinds of trucks, but every three years I would always, 
I always buy a navigator for my kids. I have four kids and, you know, every time I buy a navigator, my kids would baptize them. I remember my cousin, my, my daughter, Kayla, she's a pastor now with Lifehouse in January. I never forget it. Bought a brand new navigator. We were out and about and all of a sudden, Kayla throws up in the back seat. Everywhere. It went everywhere. Everywhere. And you know, when you throw up, it goes into the little crevices and cracks in the carpet and Brand new truck. So I took it to go get detailed. The guy detailed it. And some people sell their trucks after somebody throws up in it because they can't change to get the smell out. So he detailed it. It was in January. And I, I, you know what? It smelled good. We're good, bro. We're good. We're all right. Man, when we got to June, that smell smelled like dead animal. It was like there was a dead carcass in my truck. And I... I sent it to detail again and they did another decent job, but two days later, the smell showed up. All of a sudden, this guy that's old, he details a lot of cars. He says, hey, George, I know your problem. He says, you need a deep cleaning in your truck. He says, you need to pull out the seats. You need to pull out the carpet and we need to get under the carpet, man. We need to get under the carpet. And when we get under the carpet, we'll take all that ugly smell out. This is exactly, we are the same way. It's the same way. We need a deep cleaning in our hearts. With this conflict issue, we're struggling. You need to confess you're the problem, not the other person. Not the conflict. We have left conflict and owning our mess has become an excuse. So this morning, I wanna pray for you. If you're tired of living that way, there's conflict inside of you right now and you just can't, can't stand it. I'm talking to a couple of you. I know I am. They're going to come up and sing right now and I'm going to open this altar. I want to pray for you. This is the encounter with God that you've been looking for. This is the word that God has been... It, my word that I preach this morning is not my word. It's God's word. It's a confirmation that he's confirming what's in your heart. So right there with every head bowed, I want to pray for you. It's not them, it's us, Lord, who need to go first. Do a work in us first, Lord. Do a deep cleaning in my heart this morning. Transform me. I need to die and let Jesus live inside of me. I no longer live. Transform me with your nature. I give you permission to transform me this morning. Let me build an altar every day with you, Lord. So you, I go to you first. Some of you are frustrated right now because you feel so far from God. You have walked away from him. Jesus tells you today, I came to settle the conflict inside of you. Between you and God, Jesus says, God is right there. Let him in. He's asking you to drop your stones and build that altar. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the Lifehouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Lifehouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. 
thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.